We have about 80% of the nursing population that either works virtually from home or works in the field. The work and home environment has many perks, but it can also lead to isolation. And if you don't make time for your wellness, you will probably be forced to make time for your illness. We have to make taking care of ourselves just as important as taking care of others. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses podcast. I'm Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Today, we're talking about cultivating a healthy and supportive work culture for our nurses, and we're specifically focusing on well-being. Nurses are the largest part of our healthcare continuum, and they're the most trusted healthcare profession, and so critical to the health of our nation. But research shows that although nurses take care of other people, they're less likely to take care of themselves. On average, nurses are less healthy than the average American. They're more likely to be overweight, to have higher levels of stress, and to get less sleep. So how do we support nurses in their personal well-being journeys? And what are we doing at Humana that's making a difference with our nurses? I have Stacy Wielden, Director of Telephonic Care Management, Ruben Arias, Manager of Telephonic Care Manager, and Sharon Wagner, who's a Telephonic Care Manager. Both Ruben and Sharon are nurses, and Stacy is a leader of a large group that's made up primarily of nurses, and Stacy has been a great supporter of the nursing community for a long time. So welcome to the Voice of Humana Nurses, Stacy, Sharon, and Ruben. Hello. <laughs> Thanks so much for Thank being you. flexible to come on the show and to discuss this very important topic. As we usually do with our podcasts, we like to get to know our guests first before we dive a little bit deeper into the conversation. Our guest list on the podcast continues to get better, and everyone's introduction is a little bit different, and it's really cool to hear some personal facts about people. You know, what would listeners like to know about you? So, Ruben, why don't you start? Can you tell us a little bit about Ruben? Sure. Well, I was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, I lived over in San Antonio for a number of years and uh, then decided that uh, it was time for a change. So here recently, I went ahead and moved up to Boston, Massachusetts. You know, of course, I have to tell everyone that uh, I am still a diehard uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I do love animals, particularly Labradors. What else can I tell you? I do have my master's in nursing, and uh, I have been a a nurse for a number of years. I've been a Humana associate for eight years. My uh, background in nursing ranges from neonatal intensive care to pediatric and adult medical surgical care. Um, I also do have a background in uh, quality and business development. Thanks, Ruben. Um, I actually lived in Boston for a few years, too. I enjoyed that city. Um, So I'm with you there. I can't say I'm with you on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure some of our listeners are going to be behind you there, but uh, being from the New York area, just can't do it. Um, Appreciate getting to know you a little better, though. Thank you. It's great. Sharon, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about you? Of course. Yes. My name is Sharon Wagner. I'm from Alexandria, Kentucky, which is close to Cincinnati, Ohio. 
My husband, Doug, is a full-time farmer. Um, we have two daughters, Katie and Sarah. They're twins, and they're very active high school freshmen. Um, my house is always filled with animals. Um, I originally went to college to be a social worker, but decided after three years to attend LPN school, and I graduated in the late 80s. I, um, I quickly went on for my RN, ADN, and then my BSN. I have a lot of experience in nursing. I've worked on the medical surgical floor. I did oncology, telemetry. Um, I did an outpatient urgent care clinic. Um, and then I was in the critical care area for 15 years with the CVICU and EP lab. Um, I've been with Humana at Home for six years, but I also work in the summer at the local YMCA camp on some weekends as a nurse. I think it's a great mix because I'm telephonic in my full-time job, but I'm hands-on while I'm at camp. That's great. You really have had um, a very interesting journey, and I think it's one of the things that's so great about um, nursing as a career. It can bring you to a lot of different places, and you can really balance things out, like you said, between a, a role that's virtual and telephonic and a role that's very much hands-on and in-person. So appreciate getting to know you a little bit. And last but not least, how about you, Stacy? Hello. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, thanks. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm excited about this. My first podcast, so very exciting. Um, my name is Stacy Wielden, and I'm the Director of Telephonic Care Management at Humana at Home. I've been with Humana at Home for almost seven years now. Um, I've always My time with Humana has always been spent at Humana at Home. I started on the enrollment operation side and moved over to leading nurse teams almost five years ago. So it's really flown by. Um, before that, I worked at Verizon for almost 10 years in business development. Personally, I am originally from Ohio, uh, came to the University of Tampa on a basketball scholarship many years ago and just decided to stay in, in sunny Tampa. Um, I did get my undergraduate from the University of Tampa and then I went to get my MBA from Nova Southeastern University. I uh, still live in Tampa, could not make myself go back to the cold winters in Ohio. Uh, still live in Tampa, and I have two teenage children. My daughter is uh, just turning 15, so she just got her driver's permit, so that's a fair warning for anybody that lives around me in the Tampa area. Watch out. My daughter is officially on the road these days. And I have a 13-year-old son, Nicholas, who is in the seventh grade and plays lacrosse. We also have, I, I can't, can't leave out my dog, we have a Rhodesian Ridgeback um, is my little baby puppy, my 92-pound puppy that um, is our family pet. That's awesome. And um, a lot of our listeners, uh, as, as all of you have described too, are animal lovers. And uh, maybe that caring part of us also extends to the animal population. I also have a um, somewhere between 85 and 95 pounds, depending upon the day and what he's eaten that he probably shouldn't have. Um, dog, a Chesapeake Bay Retriever named Winston. So I know the very large babies like that can't live without them. So Stacy. Nurses are really, I often say, one of the most distributed populations at Humana. We have about 80% of the nursing population that either works virtually from home or works in the field. And this can be challenging when we think about feeling connected to one another, feeling connected to an organization, feeling like you're really a part of a team that is committed to the same purpose and goals. Um, and it, it sometimes can be a little challenging. Um, we have a lot of activities here at Humana around well-being, 
many of them are focused on in person. So there's some specific challenges when you're a virtual team. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you think about the importance of creating and supporting a healthy culture in general, but especially with a distributed population like I know you lead? I, I agree. I think work at home, the work at home environment has many perks, but it can also lead to isolation. It can be, you know, you're, you're home by yourself. Um, it can also be very tempting and challenging not to work more hours because the access to your office is just simply right down the hallway. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, I've been surrounded by nurses um, for many years now, and I can safely say nurses absolutely take care of everyone around them before they take care of themselves. So when you start to put all those dynamics together, you have to really be careful when you start thinking about the isolation from being at home, the access to your office right around the corner, um, and then also, you know, being able to care for others before you care for yourself. Those things can really lean to, you know, lend themselves to burnout very quickly. So we really try to think of different and creative ways to bring our nurses together virtually, staying connected and creating an environment that supports strong, healthy nurses. That's really our first priority. And so we've been working a lot, Ruben um, can attest to some of the creative things that we've done this year around engagement and well-being and try to think of creative ways to engage nurses in a virtual environment and try to come up with personalized approaches, knowing that health and well-being might mean something different to everybody. So really trying to get creative with our approach to continually keep our nurses engaged, um, even in a virtual environment. Yeah, that's a great point about well-being and what's important, what are the priorities being a little different to each person. And, and for them really to stick, they do have to be personalized. So I really appreciate that. You know, um, I heard that your team recently had a very engaging initiative um, that was really focused on making sure that the team was connected, the broader team, and specifically around well-being, a virtual health fair. How, can you talk about how this came about? Sure. Yeah, this is, was really exciting. Um, we, we really challenged our well-being champions and advocates. Um, at the end of last year, as we started to think about 2020, we really challenged them to think outside of the box, do something different, spark, you know, spark some excitement, grow participation, and they really, truly delivered. Um, they launched the first ever well-being fair, and initially we had just planned on that being for our rostered nurses and leaders. So we were thinking roughly, you know, four or 500 folks. Um, but 1,900 participants later, the idea that they had really turned into much more than what we initially thought. So, you know, give credit to the team of champions and advocates and then our business partners and leaders who really created and facilitated Five different sessions, like I mentioned earlier, really something a little bit different that might meet the needs for everyone. Um, and they, you know, created the content, facilitated that, and really generated excitement from across the organization. So really proud and happy for the success of this first event. Uh, very excited, and hopefully this is something that we're going to continue to generate uh, some momentum around and build on this. But really uh, creative and exciting and uh, just a really great turnout for the, the first virtual virtual well-being fair. 
Yeah, I would say 1,900 people who participated is an excellent turnout. So um, obviously piqued some interest and, and really found some good ways to connect. I think another thing that that group did well was really creating the awareness around the event because I know that I got contacted from several areas um, highlighting it, um, so did others. And I think that um, sometimes our, our challenge is even knowing what's available and when it would be available and is it convenient for me. So I think the group also did a great job there. Um, Stacy, one other thing I'd like to ask you, um, I understand, it, as you said, it was the well-being champions in your organization who organized this virtual health fair. How do you think about the role of well-being champions and how can they support both themselves and others on their well-being journey? What are some of the uh, must-haves or the highlights for you in terms of that? Yeah, I think, you know, our, our champions and advocates, they are so critical for our success. And we really, we cannot do that. We can't do it without them. We've, we've really asked them for their help throughout the year. And they've also asked us for support for the, from the leadership team. And, you know, they really help keep this important topic of health and well-being on our radar at all times. Um, they keep us accountable to that, keeping this as a part of our culture and our DNA. And, you know, one of the things they mentioned at the when I, you know, we had that discussion at the end of the year to say what can we do differently in 2020, and they, one of the their asks of us of the leadership team was to say we need your support, we need you to allow for the time for folks to focus on this and make this a priority within the organization, and so we have committed to that for this team. We really want to. Um, make sure that we stay committed to keeping our nurses healthy and strong. Um, and so we're, we're supporting them. We're giving them some, you know, freedom to be flexible and creative and to come up with different ways based on the feedback that we're hearing from our nurses of what they need and what they're interested in and really trying to tailor and create that specific individual approach for our, our kind of unique population being work at home. So. You know, I can't thank this team enough for all that they do, and we really 100% support them in their efforts. And we look forward to seeing after this after this big bang of an event that they had for the kind of first out of the gate. We're really excited about what what will come next, and really looking forward to the opportunity to work closely with them to help engage our nurses across the country. Really exciting. Well, that's great, and thank you to you and your leadership team for supporting this. It's really important. Ruben, you're a well-being champion. Can you talk a little bit about why, why that appealed to you, why you became a champion, and what's your view of how well-being champions can make a difference and support other nurses along their well-being journey? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, I've always had a passion uh, for all things well-being. Um, so that said, uh, during the, my first two years with Humana, I worked in quality with Humana Military. Uh, I basically took the liberty and every opportunity that I had to share uh, knowledge and resource information with some associates on nutrition, running, weightlifting. And, uh, you know, during my breaks, I was often giving demos on how to plank and then how to uh, strengthen your, your core balance. Uh, things of, of that nature, and, and uh, word of mouth just basically got around. So oftentimes, I would uh, either frequent the, the break room or the lunch room, and and, uh, and work with associates there. Sometimes working with a group of up to maybe fifteen to twenty associates at a time. And then at one point, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, are you a well-being champion?" And I 
stood back and I, I must have had this odd look on my face. The person just kind of recoiled and said, um, don't you know what that is? And I said, no, absolutely not. I don't understand what you're talking about. So after doing a little bit of, of research and, and reaching out, I think I might have reached out to Tracy Zimmerman at one point and, and inquired about uh, becoming a well-being champion. And, you know, here I am six years later and uh, truly loving it, being able to work with associates and uh, at the same time being able to team up with, uh, of course, my director, Stacey Wilden, and, and having the opportunity to, to work on, on things such as the health fair. Uh, you know, basically, my my personal my my personal philosophy is share your passion. You know, you just may very well inspire someone on their their journey to well being. So, truly, do feel blessed and fortunate. I love that philosophy, and it sounds like you've really lived it. And um, we'll have to connect so you can give me some planking advice. <laughs> uh, definitely could use coaching there. Uh, uh, I love that as a core strengthener, though. Um, Sharon, you're also a well-being champion, and, and you're somebody who's very active in our Nursing Collaborative Buzz Group. You really engage with other nurses, provide resources, and support other nurses at Humana in that venue. And you were also one of the first recipients of our Inspire Wellbeing Award that we give out every May during Nurses Week, which this year will be Nurses Month. Um, and that, that really recognizes nurses who are role models for well-being within our community of nurses here at Humana. When you think about feeling connected to our nursing community and being supported in your well-being and being able to support other nurses, what are some of the things that matter to you most? Well, I do think being virtual challenges me to stay connected. Um, I really do like Buzz as a tool. I've, I've learned a lot there. It's a great way to share successes, challenges, and gain knowledge outside of my own team. It's so easy to be siloed in your own little group. Um, um, I have a very active team chat as well, as that's helpful. Um, I'm a brand-new well-being champion, so I'm learning that role. And I kind of slipped in there at a very good time because – I was able to um, be one of the presenters at the virtual health fair of my uh, passion with volunteer work. So um, I do a lot of volunteer hours between the Girl Scouts uh, of uh, Wilderness Road. I'm a, I'm a leader for many years, and with uh, also my volunteering as a uh, foster for the Stray Animal Adoption Program. So I, I, I feel really fortunate that I was able to um, share that in being a brand-new well-being champion. Um, you know, I recently heard a quote, and if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll probably be forced to make time for your illness. And that really hit home to me. I mean, I've shared um, with many people the fact that I was diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma in April of 2017. And um, I thought that I was just tired from sitting. We all know sitting is the new, um, you know, potentially, you know, health causing uh, activity that could really make things bad. So I had a lot of fatigue, and I didn't associate it with the fact that I was actually ill. So, um, and, you know, I've been a nurse for over 20 years. I've met many nurses, and 
and they don't seem to take care of themselves. Just like you said, Kathy, they're really poor at reaching out for help or taking time for wellness. I think the challenge is learning how to balance your responsibilities at work and at home with self-care. Self-care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. It's our own personal sort of heatest measures that nurses know we talk to our patients about. So so to me, I, I am trying to get better at taking care of myself, and I really want to encourage others to take care of themselves. I'm currently in remission, um, and um, I feel like um, I really want to make a difference for others. Thank you, Sharon. I really appreciate how you um, give us a glimpse of your journey and continue to do so. Um, and thank you. You're very inspiring. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned was um, sitting. And, you know, one of the good things about being in a virtual role is that you don't have to sit in a car to commute to an office, but it is a lot of sitting in a chair. And I think that that's something that we've heard um, from our nurses over the past year, year and a half, especially so, especially if they come from a different type of environment where they might be walking around more or have the opportunity to do that. So when they're coming to a role that's kind of sedentary, um, people have a greater awareness of the toll that this can be taking on health and well-being. So we recently talked on a, a town hall about a pilot that we're working on with Workplace Solutions and our well-being partners, um, a, a standing desk pilot, and that would be focused primarily on our nurses in telephonic roles. Um, so I just wanted to kind of highlight that, how important it is, I think, to listen to what the folks that are in these roles and um, experiencing any kind of barriers to health or, or things that they need help and support on how to create solutions for. This was a great example of nurses speaking up and we were able to get a commitment from some of our other partners to something that we'll be launching in the next month or so. Um, Stacy, as you think about the work that you and your team are doing around improving well-being, how important and how do you think about feedback? How do you solicit feedback from nurses and other folks who are in virtual positions? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great question because it's really critical. It's, it's really important. Um, it really informs and influences so much of the work that we do. Last year, uh, we really started this kind of like the year of the feedback last year, and we really spent a ton of time asking for feedback. I personally had over 100 conversations with nurses and asked questions, got their feedback, and they really opened up and were very honest. And it really, their feedback helped inform several changes to our leadership approach and really opened our eyes where we may be missing the mark as leaders. And, you know, this, this feedback, this honest, open feedback was so uh, helpful, impactful, and it was very much appreciated. And I think it helped us all become better as a team. And so, we want to continue to do that work in 2020. Um, we also have a, a nurse think group that we started last year that's really comprised of nurses across the organization that we meet with biweekly. And we really ask them for their feedback on how we should be sharing information, how can we better explain the why behind some of our organizational changes. Um, and they really help influence a lot of that work, uh, town hall topics and discussions, they help with process improvements, um, they influence all of those things. And so 
we really want to give our nurses a voice at the table and to help us as we continue to evolve our model of care and, and how we care for our members. And so it's um, been a very critical part of our journey so far. And, you know, one of the things I would say is that I would just ask they continue to speak up. We know our nurses are not shy, so I'm not worried about that. Um, for folks to continue to speak up and share their ideas or share barriers or dissatisfiers so that we can work together to improve. So I have appreciated that about the nurses being willing to share, and it's been extremely helpful and influenced multiple changes across the organization. I agree. This is a, a group, a community that um, likes to share and I think has become much more comfortable in sharing and, and bringing up, being transparent about um, things that are going well and things that can be improved on. And Stacey, I truly appreciate your leadership and your commitment to our nursing community and your willingness to be open and hear that feedback. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Kathy. We're almost at the end of our time, and I just thought, um, Ruben and Sharon, it's 2020, the International Year of the Nurse. That's a really big deal, and I think we've all been thinking about what that means for us as a broader nursing community in the world, in the United States, and at Humana. And um, we recently asked at our town hall, uh, right before one of our town halls, Considering that 2020 is the International Year of the Nurse, how do you as a nurse plan to make 2020, the Year of the Nurse, a truly memorable year for you personally? So I'm going to ask both of you that question as we end. Ruben, maybe you want to kick it off. Well, sure. Uh, and I, again, truly do appreciate your giving us the opportunity uh, to come uh, on this journey with you during this podcast. You know, as, as nurses, we're inherently nurturing and selfish. Uh, selfless, uh, often placing the needs of, of others before our own. Um, and uh, as, as a well-being champion, I'm going to continue to pour my heart and soul into supporting my peers' well-being journey. Uh, I'm going to commit to taking part in, in uh, upcoming virtual fairs and lunch and learns uh, in hopes of, of making this a memorable and healthier, uh, happier year for, for all, including myself. Um, and again, I'm going to truly uh, take take the opportunity to, to partner with Stacey and, and all of the, the well-being champions that uh, uh, do report up to her as well to take a look at what else we can do to, to bring forth some really nice uh, uh, events that uh, will support all things well-being this year. That's awesome. And it's great to have well-being champions like you. So thank you so much. Sharon, how about you? Well, personally, um, I'm hoping to improve my own health. Um, I'm hoping to incorporate more movement in my day. Um, I wear my Fitbit every day, and I'm trying to increase my goal of drinking water and getting more movement in. Um, I want to share what works for me with my team and the fellow nurses so we can all inspire each other. I really would love our profession to be a little healthier. Um, you know, we need to walk the walk and talk the talk, you know. 
know, and so, and professionally, I want to learn and grow in the well-being champion role and contribute more of my talents to the current team. It's a really fabulous group, and I can't wait to get to know them all better. Um, and I, knowing myself, I'm always looking at different things I can learn about, and right now I'm considering an additional certification, which is the CPHQ, that's the Certified Professional in Healthcare Quality. So I'm at the beginnings of researching if I qualify and if it's a good fit for me. Well, it sounds like you both have some great goals for 2020, the year of the nurse. And I'll just end with a thought that I often express on our podcast. And that's if more leaders were nurses, the world would be a better place. And I'll, I'll create an addendum for today, too, if more leaders were like uh, Stacy, the world would be a better place, too. So I want to thank all three of you for being my guests today. This was a great conversation. It's such an important topic. We have to make taking care of ourselves just as important as taking care of others. And I think that sharing some of the innovative and creative things that you've done and some of your own personal health journey um, with us has been really helpful. So I hope it uh, continues the conversation and helps to keep awareness there. And I appreciate everything all three of you do for our nursing community. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer at humana.com and give us your comments and your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until next time, be well.